0: You are listening to Rosie and Beyond with Omer Ultra.
1: Welcome back to and Beyond with me, your host, Omar Ulcha. Today's guest for episode three is Erkud Saut, a renowned manager and author. Erkud has worked in the sports industry for over a decade, representing some of the biggest names in sports, such as the likes of World Cup winner Mesut Ozil and Kieran Gibbs. He has also written a number of books about management in football and fiction books. In this episode, we will be discussing Erkut's journey to becoming one of the most sought-after football agents in the world, how he's able to maintain success in such a competitive industry, and his thoughts on current state of sports. However, just before you join us as we explore the career of Erkut swords, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on all our socials. Enjoy. Hi there, Erkut, thanks for joining the podcast. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm outside here in California, uh, enjoying a little bit the sun and talking you now to you. Yes. Okay. So, first up, can you please tell
1: us a little
0: bit about your background? Uh, about myself, so I'm born and raised in Germany, in Hanover. I'm an immigrant of Turkish parents, of Turkish heritage, and uh, grew up in Germany. I went to university there, I studied law, I became a lawyer. And I did an academic career and my masters and my doctors-in-law and eventually I ended up becoming a football agent and basketball and hockey and after living in, Engl- in Germany, England and now I moved to the United States. So that's a little bit about myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So how did you come into the football agent industry? What was, was that something you wanted to do since you was young?
0: No, actually I never wanted it. I just wanted to become a teacher. So My goal oh. always was to become a teacher. And that's the career I always pursued and still doing it, actually. Okay. And But because I was specialized in sports law as a lawyer and I knew very well about contracts mm-hmm. and I was a uh, good advice for people working in sports, so eventually I ended up becoming a sports lawyer for football players and later on their agents. So it happened uh, yeah. naturally, organically.
1: Yeah, uh, that happens a lot with people. It's not always the career in the end is always you. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So what's
1: exactly. the key skill in the age of to be successful
0: in The key skill? Oh, I mean many. I mean, first of all, you need to be a good networker. Right? You need to be good at networking with people, meeting people, building relationships is very important in our world. Networking yeah. needs to be done really, really, really well. On the other hand, of course, you need to be very knowledgeable about what you do. You need to have knowledge about regulations, about contracts, and all these kind of things, so you need to be always up to date, you need to educate yourself, always. And another good skill is to be a successful agent is to know languages. So, um, a good agent should at least speak English and Spanish, at least, right? And if you can speak and learn more languages, even better. So, and you need to be good as a person in uh, working with other people, like understanding cultures, religions. Different nationalities, different personalities. You need to be a people person. Yeah. I think these are the important points.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think people often have a misconception that agents and agents roles only to find a client in new club? And if so, what else does football, a football agent's role encompass?
0: No, I mean, yeah, I mean, so it's it's much more than that. Of course, that's what we hear from the media. Yeah. And but. But generally, my work is is so much than just uh, finding a club for my client. It's about running the social media, running PR, marketing, social work, and uh, it's about contracts, it's about negotiating deals. It's so much. It's a 24-7 business, actually, looking after clients, players. So it's much more than finding a club, to be honest. This is just only one part of the business.
1: Um, how do you approach contract negotiations on behalf of your clients and what are some common challenges you face in these negotiations?
0: Um, first of all, every contract negotiation is different from each other, there is no really similarities. And okay. uh, so so therefore, because every player is different, every circumstances are different, the age of the player, the current club, the club he can go to, uh, money, the age, so it's, I mean, there are so many factors you need to consider before you approach and go into negotiation, but you need to prepare yourself very well, you know, you need to go prepared, you can't go and say, hey, I, I want this amount of money for my client, you need to be able to explain why, you know, what are the parameters, what, what kind of value the player brings on the pitch, and what kind of value the player brings off the pitch, you know, there are two different areas you need to be knowledgeable about, so it's a lot, and it's very interesting because every kind of negotiation for a player is a—it's a new challenge and it's a new one. So,
1: yeah. So you mentioned um, that you negotiate stuff they do on the pitch and off the pitch. Well, it's obvious what they do on the pitch, but what kind of things do clubs look for what players off the pitch?
0: I mean, for example, if a player has a great presence off the pitch in terms of social media. If a player brings 50 million social media followers with himself, that's a value also not only for the player, also for the club. So the club can use uh, the player's social media to position their own club brand. So it's a great opportunity. And uh, that means the club can also gain the fans of the players, right? So And grow their own social Mm -hmm. media appearance. So it's a global business, football. And as global the player is and as big it is, it's better for the club. So it brings a lot off the pitch today. And the commercial value in football is growing every day. And therefore, the reach of a player bringing it to a club or to a sponsor or a brand, it's very important today.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because you see loads of transfers, especially nowadays, where um, a lot of it's... You know, obviously, the main part is on the pitch, but a lot of it's you know, the shirt sales, tonneurs, uh, the media attention that comes with it.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. So it's very, very... It's very important and it's, it's, it's getting just more commercialized every year, more and more. It's going towards like the American system, like it's becoming mm-hmm. more entertainment as well. And it's becoming more like a players league rather than a clubs
1: league. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So nowadays many players have their power to manage them uh, instead of an agent. What's your personal view on this?
0: I mean, it depends, you know, if a parent is really educated and learns everything and knows what he does, it's not a bad thing, you know. There's also, mm-hmm. of course, a certain trust in the game from the beginning. Parents who play a father and son, they know each other, they trust each other. So it can be also a great advantage. But it can also be a bad, bad thing or a disadvantage when the father is not really actually knowledgeable mm-hmm. or the parent and is just doing it just for the money and for the sake. And, and this, this can harm the player a lot because yeah. if you want do it by yourself, you should be able to do it or, I mean, there's a hybrid version which is functioning a lot better is when a father works with an agent or with a lawyer together yeah. rather than doing it by himself. And this is much more uh, working, I would say, in this world rather than a father's trying all, everything by himself.
1: Okay. Uh, well, so you basically mentioned that uh, the parent should usually be that, um could be knowledgeable or have studied. Is, I know you've started a course to teach people how to become managers. Is, is that something someone can really study or is that something, um,
0: Yes, you? I have, yes, yes, I have in my course a dad who has two kids at QPR in the academy, right? Okay. So, as a, as a father, he has two sons, they're playing in the QPR academy and he wants to learn the business. So, and I'm teaching him like anyone else. So there's okay. no difference. So, yeah. so he, he wants to learn how contract works, how negotiations work how can he present his sons with, with other clubs, you know, how can he create relationships. So it's everything I teach a normal uh, 20-year-old student, and he is, a, a, let's say, end of 40s dad, so he learns yeah. everything like a student, and, you know, it's uh, it's it's possible and manageable. It's all about having knowledge, you know. It's all about if you want to be a lawyer, you should study law, right? Or want be
1: yeah.
0: if you want to be a doctor, you should study medicine. And if you want to be an agent, you should study it. It's very simple.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, how do you balance the business side of sports with uh, and emotional, personal aspects of with working with your clients?
0: Yes, I mean it's it really depends on the agent. Um, you know, some agents are like the three hundred and sixty management, so that's what I do. I try to help with everything, also with business ventures. But there are some agents who are more an intermediary. They just do the deal from one club to another, and then they don't care anymore. Like they just leave it to the player and his own family to do business. Oh, okay. It really depends on the agent, so yeah. what kind of agent type and what kind of agency the player works with. And it depends also what the player wants. Some players don't want agents to interrupt into their business world. They yeah. say, look, this is done by my dad or my, bro- or my brother or I have a lawyer. I just want you to focus on the footballing side. So it really depends. Okay. It's, it's, it's a case-by-case yeah. thing.
1: Um, so what was the disagreement you had with one of your clients? How did you resolve it?
0: Oh, I mean, it's communication, you know. You have yeah. a lot of time disagreements with clients. You have a different opinion than they, they have. You might think, oh, the next step should be this club, but your client want to go to another club or to another league, another country. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is, this is like sometimes, uh, but, but again, it's, uh, it's something you have to explain your players' advantages and disadvantages of going to this club and really try to, you know, make him uh, understand why this club would be better. But in the end, you as an agent, your job is to creating opportunities. But the final decision always remains with the player and the family. So you can't take the final decision for the player, you know? You can just okay. advise and, and let them know what you think would be the best in my personal opinion. But whatever decision the player takes, you're behind it and support it, you know? There's no difference then.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of the time, players um, have different means and interests compared to the clubs and organizations they play for and a lot of the time it's your job or another agent's job to deal with that how do you how,
0: how do you deal with that i mean yes this is i mean uh, football players becoming more and more in a in a spotlight like it wasn't like this like 10 years ago but social media changed it a lot so players becoming more important and and they have their own voice they, mm-hmm. they have their own media channel with their social media so they can reach the will so, of course, uh, that that brings also an opportunity, but on the other hand, also kind of a responsibility. And uh, to be careful what you do, where you what you say. And this is not always easy for a player, and also for the club, for both sides, I think, to find a way. You know, clubs don't want to say in certain things something where a player wants to talk about it. So And there is no really a certain guide, I would say, how to do it, you know. It's like... You just, yeah. you just learn it by doing, literally, because yeah. this is quite of a new kind of a situation for the players when suddenly players talk about certain things like Rashford is going out and talking about, you know, free food for kids in England, right? Yeah. And then suddenly the politics changing and they give it like, I mean, this wasn't possible 10 years ago. So I think we will see more and more these kind of things coming out in the next few years.
1: So uh, what have been some common mistakes that players show that impact their career?
0: Um I mean first of all, as a player you should always talk before you put out there something, right? And some players are doing are emotional. They don't really think before they act. And and I tell and I try to tell athletes always, you know, sleep over it, you know. Have a sleep over before you take action, you know. It's just because we sometimes take action out of our emotions, which we should do, especially as an athlete who has millions of followers. You need to sit down, you need to think about it, and then you need to talk to your group, and to people, to your agent, before putting out there something. If you have a social media team, then you should talk with your social media team before doing something like that. So it's all about uh, talking and in a good communication, and sometimes there's no good communication between agents and their team. And that's what causes and When the message is out, you can't bring it back, you know? So yeah. that's the problem.
1: Okay, so moving uh, to the team side of things, Could you give us an insight into how negotiations usually go with teams? As looking from the outside, there are usually two different transfers. So one example is a team looks to get a player in, or an agent offers a player to a team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's a case-by-case thing. If you have one of the top players, then of course clubs will approach you from all over, right? Then you're in a better position. And you, you you can wait and you can see wh- which kind of are the best options, the best offers, and negotiate the best deal. But if you have a player which is more average and not one of the top, top players, so you as an agent have to be more proactive. Right? You need to really try to talk about your player with these clubs and send information about your player and uh, keep them updated about what's going on with your player And the situation so it's it's more like that you have to do something so it's really a case-by-case thing and it depends also how many years is left on the contract do i need to be active right now should we try to facilitate the transfer or not should we let the contract run out what is more what is better you know so it's you can't really say like it's really every player is different and every transfer is different and most of the deals are happening in the transfer window but the agreements are already done before the transfer window opens
1: um, so, which of these ca- cases tend to be more difficult? When a team looks to get a one of your players, in, or when you offer a, a player to a team?
0: I mean, it's of course it's more difficult to offer a player which is not that wanted, right? So you okay. you you're trying to sell a player or to try to explain someone to get your player, which is which is more challenging, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, that's definitely more difficult. But you know, sometimes you might have four or five offers, and that's also a very difficult situation to choose the right one, right? And you just yeah. can't decide with the player. So it really depends also on the client again here. But I think it's more challenging to try to find a club for a player which is
1: not top, top, top. Okay. Um, can you discuss the role of social media and other online platforms in your work as a sports agent, And how have they changed the way you do business over the years
0: yeah, I mean, social media is a, is, a, is a very powerful tool, first of all, and a player needs to understand that. It's, a, it's another income stream for a player. Like, as you know, the, a player has a contract with a club that uh, creates a certain income.
1: Yeah.
0: It's an employment contract. Then a the player might have a boot deal or another commercial deal. But on the other hand, your own platform, the social media, you can monetize it and create income with sponsorship deals and marketing Mm -hmm. deals, right? So first of all, it's another way of creating income during the career and especially after the career, right? Where you Mm -hmm. can can still be active. So you need to kind of create yourself out there or put yourself out there as a brand, build it, and then and then monetize it. Not just during, especially after the career is very important. And that's why social media plays a crucial role. I always advise athletes to work with professional people you know, okay. and, to, and to build up your social media, you know, and not just uh, tweeting or putting out there something random that doesn't help.
1: Well, do you know, uh, could you share any one of your players that has a massive social media platform and does well in, in that industry?
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, MesoDilza is probably the biggest I have, which has over 80 million followers all over its oh, platforms yeah. together, which, which is a big which is a big, big thing uh, to have. And when he puts out there something, if you check out his latest uh, post on Instagram, they have right around 2 million to 3 million likes. Oh, right? Okay. So, and I think there was one, two, three days ago, he put out one. It, it has uh, reached over 50 million reach. Right? Wow. So, en- engagement. And the engagement was over 50 million. So that's, that's, that's very powerful. You know, that's, uh, that's a very powerful tool you have yeah. to use.
1: Um, how do you stay ahead of the competition and distinguish yourself in such a crowded and competitive market?
0: Educate myself. Very simple. You need uh-huh. to improve yourself. You need to educate yourself. You need to learn. You can't stop. You know, In, in, in any field in the world, whatever you do, I think, you always have to you know, get better and learn more and get more knowledgeable. And so this is what I do to to be, you know, and uh, to be still very active in that business and successful.
1: Okay. Um, some players are able to prolong their careers, also, as you've mentioned, beyond football. What are some of the biggest opportunities you see for the future of the football industry?
0: Yes. I mean, if we narrow it down to agents, the opportunity, I mean, it's a very interesting time for agents, especially now as, you, as we talk about the commercial side, social media, it's 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 much more than just negotiating a contract, and uh, and it's it's also more and more merging with entertainment, music, and and other sports. I think the modern agent in future would represent athletes from different sports and even different uh, sectors. Like I can imagine to be the agent of a musician, of a rapper. I can be a uh, could be the agent of two esports athletes. Uh, mm-hmm. six uh, football player and three basketball player for example right yeah. why not i think that's the future it's all it's all there's a synergy between all of them uh, between all these areas and i think the modern agent will be someone who can uh who will be successful who can manage different parts of this world uh, of the sectors
1: yeah um how do you stay motivated in focused in such a demanding and fast paced industry as you are constantly busy
0: I think I just don't think about much. I just uh, educate myself, as I said uh, mm-hmm. before as well. I think I stay focused in trying to get him better. You know that helps me a lot. So I'm not thinking about like, hey, what what kind of problems there are in this business, or I need to do certain things. I just, I just every day is the same thing for me. Get better, you know. Learn more. Get better. Stay, you know, yeah. ahead.
1: Why is it important? Why do you think it's important for people to think that
0: way? I mean. L- I believe if you don't develop yourself, you just go backwards, right? So I believe, I believe someone always needs to improve his ability, his knowledge, wisdom. And it's, it's just hard work, you know? It's like, so for example, before you, we started this podcast, I was uh, sitting here watching my son learning skateboarding, but I was uh, learning Spanish on my phone. Just, uh, just to, yes, I speak Spanish, but. I'm not that good in Spanish that I could yeah. teach in Spanish for example, yeah. right? And but I wanna be able to teach in Spanish, I wanna be able to negotiate very fluent in Spanish contracts with clubs in all over South America, so what do I need to do? I need to learn for it. Yeah. But every day I do and I think consistency is the key to do it. Like yeah. whatever you do, you need to do it every day.
1: Yeah. Well consistency is definitely important because like the workplace, well, let's say For another example, um, let's say they do something and they're not really consistent with it, that doesn't attract the attention that it's needed, so you have to be consistent with everything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you've also spent some time writing books. What inspired you or motivated you to be a book?
0: I mean, first of all, I when we started our conversation with you, we talk about what I actually wanted to become a teacher, right? I'm someone who loves to share knowledge and to make someone else's life better. And uh, so, another way of sharing my knowledge is writing uh, novels yeah. uh, about the world I am in it. And uh, besides the teaching uh, job I have, also I'm also writing. I'm writing books about how to become a football agent, but I'm also started writing novels, and there are certain areas in football, it's better to write about them in a novel. Like my next novel will be published in a couple of weeks. It's about football trafficking and with fictional characters, so that's the second novel will come out. So it's finished now. It's just about the publication day we're just working. So I love sharing that knowledge with people all over the world about what is football trafficking, what is happening from Africa to Europe. Every year 15,000 kids are trafficked illegally. No. and why is it happening, how is it happening, but I put it into a story, into yeah. a novel, with fictional characters so that anyone can read it and can learn about it and I can create a bigger awareness to the problem.
1: So you've done a few of your books into novels, whereas I guess other people would maybe want it into a fiction book. Why, why have you decided to make it books into a novel instead of, uh, I guess, a book that's fictional? i mean with, with facts.
0: So. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people would do non-fiction, I agree. But for me, it was like the the, the characters, I mean the story, I need to build it. I, I have the facts which I use, which I get all over. Um, because I think I can reach a wider uh, audience with a fictional book mm-hmm. rather than with non-fiction. I mean, there's so many non-fictions out about that. And if I would write a non-fiction book about nepotism in football or human trafficking in football, yeah. There are so many books about that out there and no one really reads them. About, there are PhDs about these problems, like especially human trafficking and football. And they're great PhDs and I've read them. But to reach a bigger audience, I think I need to put it into a fictional book with fictional characters, right? That uh, reaches a wider audience and it's, it's interesting to read for anyone there.
1: Yeah. Um, when you talk about ne- nepotism in football and slavery, which you've mentioned, how much of this is reality, and how much is maybe fiction in the media
0: outside? I mean, everything what I'm doing there in the book is re- real. Honestly. about the facts. Yeah. It's like, I mean, there's a journalist in both books, and it's the same. It's, it's the same character, Annabelle. She explains the reader what's going on with nepotism in in the book Deadline, and and yeah. in this book, which which is coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, she's explaining as a journalist and has interviews in the book about football trafficking. This is fact. This is real fact, what's going on. But, but Annabelle, but Annabelle is, is a fictional person. You understand? So, but what she's talking about is factual things. This, so the story, the player comes from Nigeria to Paris to France is also fiction. But what what the journalist explains about the problems in this world is real. So we're having a fictional book. You know, with uh, with also non fiction, it's a mix, mix actually.
1: Okay, um, so you've moved to the US now. What's, well, what's different uh, in the US than you look for an agent like you? Uh, what are maybe the advantages and disadvantages?
0: I mean, first of all, uh, the biggest advantages is the new market, it's a growing new market, and yeah. uh, it's a kind of uh, because it is exciting to be in an environment where a lot of new clubs uh, started or just starting, like this year, uh, next year, San Luis is starting a new franchise. There will be 29 teams. Another next year there will be mm-hmm. probably another team, and this is very exciting to see. Uh, they are building new stadiums, new training grounds, and then the World Cup will come in 2026. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a it's it's nice to be in an environment where a lot of investments happening into the football sector. And to be here uh, on the ground is important. And also for me, it was important to learn on the ground about the MLS, USL, how these leagues work, function, what are the regulations, how do their contract looks like. So it's, it is easier to learn or better to be on the ground rather than from Europe, you know. So that's why I said it's important and I needed to create the bridge to South America um yeah. to learn. That's why this is a good space for me in California to have, uh, grow my network in South America and North America
1: yeah um well the american game has been uh blowing up right now That's, It's gone, uh really quickly Wh- why do you think that? what are the main factors uh, for, i mean together? first of all that
0: first of all the grassroots is very important so we have uh, in america a lot of young kids are playing soccer football this is this change in the recent years you can see it all over and it's mm-hmm. growing the numbers so that that was important as an acceptance within the uh, society in the United States. It's, uh, and of course, you need success to make something more successful. Like the, the national team was quite successful. In, in they came out of the group stage. That was good for them. That, you know, that brought more hope here to the world here in America. And also the World Cup is coming here. It's another factor. Also, the media rights in the recent years, it changed. So more money is in the game. TV rights is very important to grow, uh, uh, the sports sector. Everything actually comes together in the right time, in the right place. I think, uh, I personally believe that the MLS will be one of the top five leagues in the world during, well, until okay. 2026, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, what do you think Europe can uh, learn from US to maybe it market even more?
0: Yes, I mean, what they are is like, I mean, the Americans are very good at marketing, right? This is yeah. their this is their best, best thing, what they do. So they're fantastic everything regarding marketing. And um, I think they can learn a lot from them. Like how it's also become more an entertainment, not just a sport. It's a mixture of sports and entertainment. And the Americans were always leaders in the side of marketing. So whereas in Europe we have more the competition, we have here more entertainment. And I think football is becoming more an entertainment as well for the viewer. So I think they can learn from each other a lot, actually.
1: Okay, so our last question um, yeah. with the um, main questions and then we just need to start a quick quiz. So yeah. what's, what's next to come from the Sword? Are you able to tell us any upcoming or current upcoming projects that you're excited about? And what can we expect from you in the future?
0: I mean, the uh, very exciting for me is now, I just mentioned it, is my second novel yeah. coming uh, in this month. That was a big project for me. I've been in the three African countries to research for this book. It was very important for me which is coming now in December. I'm uh, rebranding my football agency in two weeks' time. It will be completely rebranded. This is very exciting for me. And I'm starting also uh, as a sports lawyer uh, this month uh, in America, in a place. So I want to do also more... uh, Yes, I'm an agent, but I want to get more into the law side as well. I have a PhD in sports law, so I just want to spend more time also in an agency, uh, sorry, in a in, in a law firm, which I will announce next week. So, yeah, there's some exciting projects for 2023.
1: Okay, that's cool. So you're, so you're pretty busy then?
0: Yes, always.
1: <laughs> yeah. Always. Okay, so let's move on to our quick five questions. What's the best thing about being yeah. a football or a sports agent?
0: Um, The best thing about this is, like, you don't have a usual life. It's like the excitement about you don't know what will happen tomorrow, Mm -hmm. it's like it's not boring, you know, it's not a 9-5 to job. It's like every day is different, which is great. Yeah.
1: What's the most difficult thing about uh, being a football
0: team? I think the difficult thing is about the emotions, because every player you work for, you kind of share the emotions. You are sad when they're sad, you're happy when they're happy, especially the bad times, you kind of take it with yourself and you can't shut it up, shut it down like you. That's very difficult sometimes, yeah.
1: Well, you've got some amazing clients, uh, such as the likes of Masa Ozil, but would you have any client in the world? Or if you, if you could have any client in the world, who would it be?
0: Oh, very good question. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. Any client, if I want, in the world. Oh. Wow. That's a really good question, by the way. I don't, I, 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 I never thought about that, to be honest. I think what I like, like is like, I like, like young talents, like when they're like 16, 17, like top, top talents. I like, I like to work with them. Like, this is like, for me, the best thing with young talents and to grow them to become successful, you know? Okay. So I can't say any name, actually.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so what's your proudest accomplishment and most memorable moment from the career so far?
0: I mean, it's probably the World Cup in Brazil in 2014 when I was holding the World Cup with Brazil yeah. after the game. So that was probably one of a great moments, not just for him, also for me as an agent to be yeah. there and to be one month in Brazil, sports-wise. But also like on a, on a social side, the most uh, exciting thing was going with Jordan to a refugee camp uh, to Syrian refugees. Uh, 80,000 refugees are living there. Uh, with with Mezotuzo together again, so that was probably one of the more social uh, projects, which was really touching. Like that was also something yes. I'll never forget.
1: So you mentioned uh, lifting the World Cup. I uh, so I basically calculated since the beginning of the World Cup, only Mezotuzo is only one of six hundred players to have uh, to able to call themselves a world champion. So what what do you think of it?
0: Okay. I mean, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very special thing, you know, to be world champion. I mean, there is nothing bigger than that, right? And the players know that. Every player wants to win it. And I think when you've seen today, Ronaldo, it was probably his last chance to win the World Cup, right? Yeah. So he's now 38. So next World Cup, he will be 42 or 41. I don't know if he will be there still. We don't know. Maybe he will, you never know with Ronaldo, right? But you can see how much he wanted that, right? He won the Euros, but the World Cup is, it's different level. Yeah. It's just uh you know, it's just he won so many times the Ballon d'Or and now he wants the World Cup, but Messi still have the chance now, right? So that yeah. will that will bring the player on a different level. Like a Pelé, you know, Maradona. I, I don't know if Maradona actually won with Argentina the World Cup. I don't think yeah,
1: he did, he maybe did. he won. Yeah. He did?
0: Was it the Mexico the World Cup? Maybe the won sure. Mexico, sure. right? Yeah.
1: right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think th- yeah, this is like very important for a player to have that, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see, let's see, yeah, let's see who will be the next ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um. well, a lot of people, well, basically everyone experiences moves and struggles throughout their career. What's your biggest struggle or your biggest moves experience in your career so far?
0: My biggest struggle is probably, I mean, I would say the mental struggle. Mm-hmm. is was probably like in these difficult times with the players when they have their downs then to handle the situation you know because as I, I as i said before you 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 take it personally emotionally with yourself it's not like as an agent you just you know you, you just say i don't care if you you know like mm-hmm. if you're in if you're in, injured for one year or so ever you just feel with the player and mm-hmm. feel the stress and feel everything and that's I think uh, not many people talk about those agents. Really, there's so probably so many agents who have problems mentally, but it's not it's not outspoken, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, how, how did you deal with those mental struggles?
0: I mean, it's uh, it's family helps, you know. It's important to have people surround you which loves you, and mm-hmm. you you know you need to distract yourself sometimes. Uh, go back to the basics in life, you know. stuff. So, I mean meditating, some people meditate, some people pray, I would, I'm would. i someone who prays a lot, so mm-hmm. praying helps, you know and uh, so really it depends, like everyone has their own way to deal with this yeah. moment, you know So what
1: advice would you give to aspiring sports agents are just starting out in the industry?
0: To be very patient and hardworking right, mm-hmm. so uh, to play the long term game and not the short term, you know it's, it mm-hmm. takes a lot, it takes years and years to become successful and make a living off being an agent so this is something they need to know okay
1: um so you mentioned you have a really busy schedule what do you enjoy doing outside of that
0: i mean spending time with my family as you can see i'm right now with my son at skateboarding so he's he's five year old and he's learning skateboarding and i'm two hours in the morning here out with him and uh, so this is the time when i try to really my, my, my life is my work and my family. I don't, have any, I don't have any social life in terms of going out to the bar and watching a game or, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. or going to the gym or so. I really don't have that life. I don't have the time for that because the only time is left I want to spend with my family, you know, which is very important for me.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, if you could pick any player in the entire world uh, and ask yes. this question, what would your question be to me?
0: Oh any player
1: yeah
0: i mean uh, probably the question would be what what do you expect from a good agent
1: you know yeah.
0: what are your expectations from a good agent i would i would like to get feedback from players about that to get a better agent to be become a better yeah. agent feedback is very important
1: yeah um okay um what, who do you prefer messi or the goat who is the goat <laughs> cristiano ronaldo <laughs>
0: For you, I can, I, I can hear that it's for you. <laughs> for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm a, I'm a more Ronaldo fan. I don't, because I, I think Ronaldo is, I think Messi is a bigger talent, was born maybe as a bigger talent, mm-hmm. whereas Ronaldo made, made himself to the biggest talent. You know, yeah. I see the difference about hardworking, commitment, always on that level. I think Ronaldo is a great example for every young kid out there. Yeah. Messi is just a natural, natural, natural talent like in terms of it looks so yeah. easy, you know. Yeah. He doesn't probably need to do And uh, because because Ronaldo had to fight for it, I admire, uh, I like him more, you know. Because he really, he yeah. really deserved to be there. Okay.
1: And um, lastly, who do you think are going to be world champions?
0: I believe it will be between... France and England. Okay. Either one of them. Yeah. So I believe it will be either France or England. Who Whoever wins today, the game will be also world champion. That's my prediction.
1: Okay. So um, you've been living in America now, so I hope you've not been seeing the English soccer.
0: Yes, I'm already saying it, my friend. I'm already I'm already adapted to it. So I I catch myself saying it many times without thinking, like it is. It is what it is because football is a big sport here, you know. American football is yeah. huge, yeah. and uh, therefore it's mixed up a lot. But yeah, I think there's no harm in using both ways, uh, both words yeah. at the same time. Football, soccer.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, thank you very much, I could I hope you enjoyed it. you for joining.
0: No, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, and good luck, and all the best to you.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, enjoy, enjoy time with your family.
0: Thank you very much. You too. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. Thank Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please
1: don't forget to subscribe and share with other football lovers. Until next time.